Welcome to Amy McGeechee's House Guests. When we're talking interior design, developing, building, there's so many cool projects that you can do. I have a really exciting one today and it's A-frames. Todd and Rebecca, you guys have such an exciting product and project on the go. I can't wait to hear all about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Well, we're going to do this in stereo the whole time. <laughs> That's what a partnership's all about, right? Finishing, finishing each other's sentences. We are one mind. <laughs> I love it. On every detail. <laughs> Not at all. I was going to say, do you really agree all the time, though? Nope. We have very different ideas about the A-frame. Yeah, I think, I think, aesthetic, I think. I think the thing that we agree on is kind of the, the idea behind it, what... Mm -hmm. Uh, motivated us to do this and take this on and kind of how we're doing it we're right. we're aligned uh mm -hmm. which which is great big picture we're usually the same if we pull back at in scope yes talk about big picture we usually come from the same place once you get into details that's where we differ and so we'll start talking about a frame in a second but first you guys have done other renovations together um, so you've got experience in it. You're not just starting together on this really cool project. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this isn't our first rodeo for sure. I mean, we've done a lot of different projects together. And so I think we, we found a rhythm of, you know, who kind of takes care of which departments, uh, right. we need to talk where we need to bring in somebody else to help mediate between us, whether it's an architect or a designer I mean, we have very clear ideas about what we like, but at the same time, um, sometimes our ideas aren't the best. Um, right. we're, we're, we're apart in our ideas and we need somebody to just try and help us get together yeah. on the same page, which I think, I think a lot of couples experience that. Oh, with my clients, I wish sometimes I had a really good marriage counselor. I just had the business card for that I could hand out because I just sort of step back and try and be diplomatic. But it really is compromise and then coming to that decision that works for everybody. We call our our um, our designer, who's Amy McKay. Uh, we call her our therapist because yes. it, it, it's more about the therapy than it is about, you know, necessarily picking a color or, or deciding on, on some sort of detail. Right. And then the end product will be what's come from that therapy. So it'll be really cool. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about A-frame. So it's not for the listeners, it's not A-frame, like the letter A and frame, it's A or E-H frame, like A Canadian, which is so clever. I have to tell you, like, it's brilliant. That was all Todd's idea. We were trying to really? think even just that we would call our property because we would travel from Vancouver to Kelowna and we would say, we're going to, what are we going to call it? What are, we're going to the, yeah, uh, we didn't have a name and Todd, Todd came up with, how about a, once we decided it was going to be an A-frame, yes. into place because that wasn't our first idea. Our first idea was just a cabin on the lake and what is it going to look like and how is it going to fit in the space that we have with the parameters that have been set on us. Right. And, um, and I kept coming back to A-frame and loving photos of A-frames. And we have a little past experience. We had a home in Lions Bay that was a um, curved A-frame or arched A-frame. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I just kept coming back to that simplicity and that that was the feeling. Yes. Uh, and uh, so eventually once we landed on, okay, let's make it an A-frame. <laughs> Every good property needs a name. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think Rebecca's main, uh, one, of the, one of the great things that she brings to the project is she anchors us to kind of the spirit of what this is about and mm-hmm. um, how ultimately we want it to feel. Um, my job ends up to be a little bit more technical. Like how, right. do we, how do we accomplish this? And then kind of on top of taking on this structure, it being an A-frame and having kind of a cheeky Canadiana name attached yeah. to it. Um, we decided to take on the, what has turned out to be a monstrous task to go net zero. So, um, can you explain what net zero is for the listeners? Sure. There's, there's lots of ways to describe it, but ultimately at the end of the day, the idea is to be carbon, uh, carbon neutral in terms of your annual, um, your annual output. So how much power can you generate offsetting? the power that you use. And you do that a number of different ways um, during the construction process. A, a massive part of that is the envelope of the house. So basically the skin around the house, how it's breathing or not breathing, um, and basically trying to keep hot air out of the house in the mm-hmm. summer and keep it warm and cozy in the winter. Uh, you do a lot of work on heating and cooling, obviously the envelope, solar power, and there's, so there's lots of little nuances that go into this, but an A-frame on the side of a cliff um, attempting to be net zero has not only challenged us in the process, because this is the first time that we've taken that on, but also the professionals that we've hired, our structural engineer, our energy consultant, our architect, you, you can't default to any traditional building practice. You have- right, because they haven't done it before, right? With this particular application. Two houses that, that have kind of taken this on in the way that we are. And, um, you know, we're hoping that we can accomplish it, number one. And number two is be able to showcase this along the way so that people can understand the process, what's possible, what they could do in their house in a renovation, in a new build. Just open up that conversation a little bit more, which is, I mean, the building science side of things is moving so quickly right now uh, that everyone is going to be mandated to do this in the very near future. So it's not something that like, oh, it's like electric cars. It's not something we're like, oh, well, it'd be nice. No, we're all going there. Yeah. It's not a passing phase. (laughs) It's not a passing phase. So it's, it's something that we all need to embrace and learn about and, and figure out how we're going to integrate. And, and right now it's expensive. Um, it's very expensive, not just for net zero, but for everything right now when it comes to building. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you layer that on and we've had, we've had our fair share of challenges. We were supposed to be finished by now. Um, and when did you start the process, the planning process? I would say probably three years ago. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight, contrary to the TV shows and such. It does yeah, not happen overnight. Yeah. The, the real life process of things, I, I think. TV is great to watch and kind of get inspiration from. And I also think a lot on TV, you're kind of starting at the build. Like you're starting. right. They don't see how much preparation yeah. has gone into the planning stage, which like yeah. you said, can take years and it should, because that's where you save, make, you don't make all the costly mistakes if you do it poorly and you can go back to the paper and without having to spend a bunch of money. Then doing a renovation, um, going from the ground up, especially on an unusual piece of land. Right with all of the weirdness that's coming along with it. Um, 
is a very different beast than what we've done in the past. And we've never done a ground up build before. So right. It's always been a renovation. Yeah. Approaching this project on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. And the learning curve involved too, because you're literally having to learn with the professionals on to, on how to do this. Yeah. It's a creative process. I mean, everyone's kind of brainstorming and throwing out different ideas about how to, how to tackle a certain issue that we come up against. Like this morning we were talking about elevations of rock. Well, every footing on this site has a different elevational point and we're trying to figure out how to manage that and have enough space to insulate underneath. And, and um, yeah, so it's, uh, it is all encompassing in my brain. It's, I can barely think about anything else. And I'm homeschooling the kids, so he's oh. most of the time. And because you guys picked up the family and moved to a closer location so you can manage the site. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Just a few doors down from the property. We rented this, you can see in the background, this very vintage, uh, <laughs> beautiful little cabin four doors down. Um, the wood paneling is back in a big way. You just have to paint uh, yeah. it white, right? We've got like golden shag carpet, green appliances, the whole retro <laughs> And if you were to label like the value of this house based on how much wood there is in it, this is a multi-million dollar home. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we can salvage that. It's the cost of lumber right now. <laughs> it's so true. How are the kids like in the process? Are they kind of annoyed with the whole thing yet or are they loving the entire thing? I oh. think... They love the process. I mean, they've grown up with us moving homes and renovating and stuff like that. So they're they're very entrenched in it. Um, they love to plan their space, like their bedroom. Yes. They look at the architect, architectural drawings and figure out, you know, the space and stuff like that. Um, I think they're a little bit impatient. They keep asking, yeah. when's it going to be done? And yes. My answers are not satisfactory. His answer is, let's just work on when we're going to start. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. don't really understand everything that's going on in the background yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously a great place to kind of quarantine as well up here. Right. Separate from everybody. There's very few people around. With uh, lakefront access. Yeah. Lake, there's adventures outside. It's very different from our life in the city where we have a teeny tiny house and a teeny tiny yard. And yes. Um, can't really go and do the programs that they have been doing. So here there's more adventures, there's lake mm -hmm. life, there's a beaver lodge, right? Down oh, that's so cool. Again, beaver. so Canadian. <laughs> yes, We're living a cliche. <laughs> yeah, which I love. And then you guys are blogging about it on your website, Instagram, so that everybody can follow along all the adventures, all the stories. Rebecca, I loved your blog about the aesthetics of the space on the interior and how that sort of progressed. Can you share that with the viewers? Well, this really came from us um, being in on two different pages when it came to the approach of what it was going to look and feel like inside. Right. I guess also outside. Um, uh, because I had this feeling of like the 70s A-frame where it's kind of kitschy and yeah. not so big and really cozy and you're on a lake, so like lake housey and yeah, exactly. And uh, Todd's inspiration photos are all these very modern, you know, metal roof, um, right? Very clean Scandinavian looking interiors. And um, there's a lot of photos you can find when you start searching of really cool cabins mm -hmm. on cliffs or on mountainsides, which is what this kind of feels like, right? Um, 
And so when you look at those inspiration photos, a lot of times they're modern builds. And so he's, we're on these black and white uh, positions yes. about it. And that's why we decided to bring in a designer. And so we brought in Amy McKay from Pure Design. And she, um, and so now working with a designer, uh, we were able to get taken off the ledge and yes. say, okay, we can figure out how to work together coming from our two positions on what this should look and feel like. A, a great example is painted wood. This was, right. Rebecca has pinned a lot of photos that have painted wood and kind of that light, airy feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with the structure, which is, um, is a huge undertaking. And we've, we're working with Structure Lamb, which is a, a Canadian company out of mm -hmm. Penticton. So just down the road from us, they create glue lamb and CLT products. So big right. structural beams that we're going to build this out of, and they're gorgeous. And so for me, we're putting in these incredible architectural mm -hmm. details and I'm in, you know, I'm, um, in that process all the time, looking at them and then thinking about painting something <laughs> that we put in there that's brand new. I'm just like, it, you're just dying inside. I can't, I can't handle it. So it's never been the beams that I've wanted to paint. It's right. The no, right. Yeah. But you know, for me, uh, I think we've managed to find areas where we can get some of that flavor. We've got a screened porch where we could do something in the ceiling in there. So it Love doesn't it. have to be all or nothing. It can mm -hmm. Um, strategic moments that allow Rebecca to have that kind of warm, cozy, um, older kind of feel to it. Yeah, but, kind of a casual feel too, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. And then also to kind of satisfy not only the construction of the building being, um, uh, you know, grand in shape, Right. But, but also my aesthetic. So I, I think we're, we're in the right ballpark. Now we just have to make some decisions and then ultimately be able to source product, which as you know, can be uh, extremely frustrating right now. Well, and also yes. using uh, structure lamb, um, using the glue lamb beams, making this home sustainable and looking towards net zero. Right. Uh, we're needing to use a lot of modern elements. So it's finding a balance between the necessity of having contemporary design for functionality and right. somehow inserting that nostalgia into that in a way that it's right. going to feel seamless and natural. Mm -hmm. And then, are, so a lot of the finishes, are you um, bringing net zero into that as well? The interior finishes and trying to reduce uh, footprint and all of that. Actually, haven't really gotten that far yet. <laughs> It, I mean, it is, it is part of the mandate, you know, it's mm -hmm. the filter that we look through when we're choosing, for example, carpet. So we're working right. with nature's carpet, which is, you know, a, a wool carpet um, that basically comes off the back of a sheep and then gets put on your floor. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's as natural as it can possibly be. There's no off gassing. Um, it's also, we found out it's, it's uh, non-burnable. Uh, so oh, there's, yeah, there's a ton of um, opportunities to embrace that. We haven't quite got to picking, you know, the the tile, etc. All the um, fun stuff. Yeah, the yeah, the, fun, <laughs> the endless decision making. But but inside of that, that is the first question that we ask. So that's the mm -hmm. first filter is to kind of go, okay, let's weed out as many things that are harmful as possible, not only for the space that we're living in 
but also, you know, in the production process, where they come from. Impact. Yes. And just kind of like opening Pandora's box there is mm-hmm. so interesting. It's to, like uh, it unravels all of a sudden. It's like, oh my gosh, you can't do anything the way that you used to do it. No, but a lot of those um, natural products, they actually do have so many advantages to them. They'll yeah. be more expensive initially, but they'll probably last longer or things like you said, like, you know, they're not flammable or all of those. And it's really an education process. It is. And then looking at where things are coming from as well, right. where they're made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a, a big piece of, of um, being sustainable when you're building or renovating or whatever decisions you're making mm-hmm. is quality. And, yes. and one of the things that we've noticed is, you know, people tend to bite off more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. And therefore their money doesn't spread as far. They end up having to kind of find less expensive products, whether they're uh, hard finishes or, or, you know, finishing details, mm-hmm. and they don't last as long. So they, they end up breaking down and then you find them in landfills and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's a delicate balance of, of choosing products that are sustainable, but also are, mm-hmm. are high quality, yes. not breaking the bank. Um, and, and one of the ways to do that is not building so much square footage. I was just going to say that. I agree. And making it more meaningful, the square footage that you do have. Yeah. A little bit more thought behind how you Mm -hmm. are actually using the space. And this is a, you know, this build is actually um, part of a journey that we've been taking as a family um, in terms of, you know, where we live. We sold our big house in Lions Bay and we moved Mm -hmm. into, as Rebecca referenced, a, a, a small home. It's 1200 square feet in total that's including the basement right so, for four people for four people mm-hmm. i mean it's it it's more than enough um, it's more than enough until you have to be in lockdown <laughs> right and everybody needs a little bit of separate space yeah. kids are sharing a bedroom and there's nowhere you can go <laughs> yes but, but i think that's part of north america is we just want these huge spaces huge open spaces that aren't necessarily functional and it's it's excess. It's not things that you use. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And we've been, you know, I've been across the country talking about this for, for a few years now. And, and it's something that we're passionate about. I think it's, you know, with the, even if, even if you just looked at it from an economical standpoint, you know, you're looking at, at homes that people are struggling to afford, but their, their goal is to buy these large homes with large piece of property and still stay in the urban environment you know close to victoria or vancouver or toronto or wherever you are and i think that's the goal for or has been the goal for a lot of people kind of maybe in our age range in in our generation but i think Mm -hmm. young young people are discovering and figuring out that there is another way to do it and that that actually that that's not feasible yes we have been looking at well how can we take this on in a way that shows people you can do it and that also celebrates it that also says here watch this and we'll try it out for you and you can see what it's like um for us and then maybe it inspires people to go oh okay Uh, and also to have people maybe reflect on where they're at and make changes within the space that they have currently and learn to love and appreciate what they've got instead of always living in this space of something else would be better 
yeah, or wanting what somebody else has or those sorts of things, really improving your space so it works well for you. Yeah. It's the trap of television shows on yes. HGTV. <laughs> um, you know, they, the underlying principle of a lot of them is the solution to your problem in your space is either to blow it out and completely redo it or to move and find a bigger space normally is the is the idea we're starting to see some trends come into the conversation that have a more sustainable angle to them that have a little bit more of maybe a fiscal responsibility as opposed to just kind of ignoring what the actual budget is you right. know, people spend so much money now to just get into the market let alone do renovations and and or well, land in Canada, but especially on the West Coast, is just so expensive. So if you can have a smaller piece of land and build a really beautiful small home on it, yep. I think that's extremely advantageous. Yep, totally agree. Before we go, I want to quickly touch on the A-Frame hat because you guys have on your website all sorts of products. And I read on there that the A-Frame hat was really from the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I feel like I, oh, you have one right there. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have one, yes. The yellow, the yellow's my favorite. Well, I heard this was the original, so I thought I got to go with that. Yes. So um, we never would have even probably had any clothing. We probably wouldn't have even had a retail side of things at all if Todd hadn't gotten this hat, not that hat, but the hat that right. inspired that Similar hat. One. Yes. I did a podcast and uh, the guy had made, some hats and I saw them on a shelf uh, in, this is back when we could actually do shows and podcasts in right. person. Yeah. Uh, and he had a hat there and I, um, and I said, oh man, that's, that's such a cool hat. So he said, he gave me one and I wore it. And you know, on social media, people kept asking me about it. And, and so when we started this project, I was like, we have to make a hat. Yeah. There's one thing leads to another and we've got, We've got a, a beautiful little curated um, shop on our website that sells um, stuff that was locally made. Uh, we partner with a lot of small, um, small businesses from across Canada to do design, to actually do the printing, to make the tea or make the candles. Yeah. Uh, so we're super proud of that. And we've got more stuff coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love everything on it. Yeah. yeah. So they're super soft. Yeah. And um, so where can people follow along with your project and where can they find you? Website, Instagram, that sort of thing. So the website is aframe.com and on Instagram, it's at a, a dot frame. Yeah. I just have to remember. And a frame is obviously spelled E-H. E-H. Yes. Which is so classic. I love it. Yeah. And you can follow Rebecca or me also on, on social media. We, we cross pollinate all those So we're pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on with us today and sharing your story. And I look forward to following along for your entire adventure. 